it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to Girls Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray. I have my incredible co-host with me, Drew Haskins. What's up? Howdy, howdy, howdy. We're both very tired today, but bringing us uh, a spark of um, energy, perhaps, is Adam Mitrani. How's it going? I forgot to say Adam Mitrani. What'd you say? I said I forgot to say comedian, but now I'm saying it. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta say. You know, it's it's basically like because people get confused. They'll be like accountant, Adam Matroni. Like, <laughs> there are so many. Was a dentist. Yeah, and like Julie and I don't necessarily have credits in the traditional sense either. So that's you know we have to get these illustrious guests in to actually right. class up the joint, like maybe give us a little bit of legitimacy to actually make this enterprise look worth it (laughs) well adam i i have been told by your former roommate that you current roommate roommate? i thought you guys moved out no no no. we we ended up uh we we were able to to extend our lease so we're still we're both still yeah but he did tell me that you are in your first watch of girls ever is that correct yeah I just finished it. I finished the whole show. Wow. I, whenever, I'm never not surprised that someone has not seen it before for some reason. I feel like everyone in our millennial, I I mean, maybe you're more Gen Z. I I don't, I don't know, but I'm always surprised. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess I'm like right on, I'm 26. So I'm like right on the the cusp of millennial Gen Z. Very, very cuspy. Um, I'm very curious how you found the show on this first watch. Um, I, so I started watching it like over COVID, um, my friend Avery, one of my like best friends from childhood, she's, she's like a huge fan of the show. So she got me watching it during COVID and, uh, you know, I, I watched like the first two and a half seasons. I think I stopped watching once, uh, Chris Abbott left. I was just Mm -hmm. like, I don't like the way they wrote off his character. I'm kind of, kind of done with the show. And then I came back to it recently because uh, my girlfriend was rewatching it, and like she was just at the same point where I had I had stopped. So and then I was like, oh, you know what, this show's pretty good. <laughs> That's how you know a relationship was meant to be when she picks up girls where you left off, right? Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that you chose to leave the show when Charlie left. Like, are, yeah. you're a Charlie truther. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I just didn't like the way they wrote off his character. I didn't like the way they brought him back either. Like, I, I don't know. Honestly, it's a good thing we didn't end up having you on last week then, <laughs> because that, that is, I think, both of our favorite. I mean, it's a, it's a favorite episode. It, no, it, it is a great episode. I did really like that episode, but I just felt like, I felt like there was like a lot missing. Like, I needed more 
from from like bringing his character back like i felt like that wasn't enough like i want to see because it felt like a completely different character than the one that was in the first two seasons and so i want like a little bit more information on what happened that's that's fair yeah definitely fair i mean it it is kind of just this isolated little short film almost like you don't get a ton of the backstory you just get this really mutually insane experience and then it's just done and like no one even talks about it all this episode which yeah nobody talks about it the the rest of the show really i mean i guess yeah yeah, because marnie brings it up when she breaks up with desi but but that's at the end of that episode so yeah it really is it's almost like it has like a dreamlike quality to it Mm -hmm. yeah it's like she doesn't say to hannah even like oh my god and it ran into chart like which is pretty crazy because we haven't seen him in years like you'd think that like that'd be the first thing she says yeah Mm -hmm. i you know that i i do kind of like that about it though that it was like a dream and something that maybe she was too ashamed to tell hannah i don't know we're not here to talk about that episode yeah (laughs) um i do want to ask you though as like a as a comedian yourself how Mm -hmm. do you what do you think of lena dunham as a comedy writer um like her style what do you think yeah i mean i think that she's she's great i i think that um i think that it's like a very the like type of person that she's writing about in this show feels like a very specific person and i like because it's like she's doing what a lot of comedians and comedy writers have done recently like i feel like louis was like the first one to do it but it's like doing their own version of that where it's like you know, like this, like Louis, Atlanta, Crashing, Rami, like it's just taking a specific type of person, which is kind of like an exaggerated, you know, caricature of yourself and <laughs> sort of like creating a world out of that. I think that um, it's hard to tell, especially in watching like some of the like interviews that like they use, now I can't find them, but like they used to have them like on like after the show, if you're watching on on HBO. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I it was it's hard to tell like what stuff she's writing as satire and what stuff she's writing like as uh like a serious reflection of herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's kind of the genius of the show in a way. Like she is so yeah, I agree. <laughs> bold with what she I I mean there is definitely some clear distinction between Hannah and Lita Dunham, but it does feel so raw and unfiltered yeah. in the way that it's presented that it really does feel like like autobiography mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And like and even like a lot of, you know, the crazy things that, that Hannah does, it feels like they're coming from even if they're not like directly based on Lena Dunham's life, like they're like in, in the episode that you know we watched, like where she shows her boss her vagina, it's like it's probably a thought that she's had. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I hope it's not something she's really done. <laughs> but like it, it feels very true to the character. And I just, I work in public schools, so I am just shocked at how how Hannah keeps that job for so many episodes. Yeah, it's an endless topic of discussion on the show. It really is. But yeah. one of the questions we ask people every episode. Is which girl are you if you had to identify with one of them? Uh, 
what is it is it like particularly like to the four girls or can i pick any of the main characters you i guess can... anyone yeah you keep because okay. I, I think i'm a ray you think you're ray yeah that's not a bad one to be yeah yeah he's definitely the guy of girls that i like the most i i this is a good answer explain a little bit more though well for, first i want to know who who would do you both think that you are I'm a like a Shoshana cusp. Okay. And Drew is like Marnie in all houses. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Across the board, like all 13 houses, Marnie's in there. Um, I think that I uh one of the things I like about Ray is that like he has like this this righteous anger. Um, like particularly like in the episode where he's getting so angry about how loud the traffic is outside his apartment. And and even in this episode where he's like, we're just, if we don't pay attention to what's going on, we'll just repeat it. But he very rarely like does anything. Like he's so angry and emotional about it and it's coming from such a good place, but he's also very lazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, very good description of him. Like he cares a lot. But he's he doesn't you know he's still a bit of a slacker. Yeah, he's um. I love that one episode where he and Adam um go to the, is it Long Island or Staten? I think it's Staten, Staten Island. Island. Yeah. yeah. That and, is a uh, great episode. At one point, um, uh, someone calls him the K word. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and he goes, "What? What does he say?" I'm Greek. What does he say? I'm Greek Catholic, Greek Orthodox. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm using the wrong terms. But he's like, I'm Greek something, but I don't know. He's the. This is all to say he's so Jew coded, which I love. Yeah. Well, in real life, he is Jewish. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a Polish Jew. I'm, and his I'm name Jewish. in the show is Plashansky. Yeah, right, Plashansky. But that thing. Girls. I really want to know what he says. Anyway, this is not this is not the time for this. Yeah, I kind of forgot but, that he wasn't Jewish in the show. <laughs> Actually, like that's how the really? coding is strong. Yeah. It's one of those shows where like I feel like most of the characters are Jew coded and like the actors are it's like Seinfeld where it's like, oh, only Jerry's Jewish, but like really they're all Jewish. And yeah. I feel like this is similar where like I mean Lena Dunham. She's she's Jewish in in real life, right? Yeah, I think so. And in the show, she like mentions once that she's half Jewish, which and that's also like, makes sense. Yeah, and um, the show. That's another. That's another interesting thing is that, like, really, like she's a a, a Jew from New York, but in this show, she's like a like Midwest Catholic girl but it does it does make sense like yeah she could so i don't know that that's a really interesting point like she is you definitely see the the shades of her being only half jewish i don't know how yeah no it it makes sense yeah whereas marnie is wasp there is no she might be the like defining waspy character of like the past 10 years of television like it it's just so well done to like as a mid-atlantic wasp myself like she does speak for all of us (laughs) i I think that's why i connect with her so much in a lot of ways maybe that's actually and maybe why i connect with with hannah and shosh is because i'm jewish but my mom 
converted. She was Catholic. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I have some halves in me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Marnie's so waspy. Like, that's what got her cast in Get Out. I mean, they were just like, who's the whitest girl we can find? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she does it well. I mean, we've said oh, yeah. so many times on this podcast before that Allison Williams is kind of the secret weapon of this show. And I I just, you know, wish nothing for the best for her. Like, she's really, like, found that waspy lane and yeah. is finding new shades within it in every role. So happy for her for that. Yeah, I feel like I've only seen her in this and Get Out. I know she's in Megan. I never, I never saw that. Not honestly, not really worth seeing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I heard. I was like, mm. but is she good in it? I mean, here's the thing. Wait, did you see it, Drew? No, I haven't seen it yet. I, that's shocking. You don't need to see it, but um, it is shocking. She's he, she plays this kind of like millennial girl boss character but not in the, not in a marnie way so it doesn't feel quite right i don't know she's like a millennial who's obsessed with her job and like has no kind of intimacy so it kind of mm. works but she's not she's not reaching her full kind of do, do you think she's a good actor yeah i oh I think yeah no, oh, I might. That might be. That might be my hot take. I think that she is good wow. in this, and I think she's good in Get Out. And I guess I did just say there was the only two things I've seen her in. But <laughs> I, I still, I just, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's just hard for me to imagine her as any other character. And I guess like a lot of the scenes in in Girls, even like she feels like very emotionless. But then I'm like, that is in the character, so I don't know if that's good or bad acting. I will say I feel like sometimes I'm like oh she's reading a line you know like yes. sometimes yeah but I I still think I'm I don't know I still think she's great yeah I I also get the same sensation sometimes as Julia but Marnie does seem like the kind of person who would practice what she says before she actually says it yeah. and is constantly self-editing so I think it just comes out very robotic mm-hmm. and that's a charitable reading of of Allison Williams ability but I do think she's really good I love that there is a dark chapter though of Allison Williams acting history much like y'all the only two things I've seen her in are Get Out and Girls and Peter Pan the live musical yes. from 2014 <laughs> NBC yeah. um she is god awful in that um I don't think anyone would be good in that it's just it's a really impossible character to play yeah but she's god awful in it and isn't the best singer in the world and I'm I think we have all collectively moved on for from it which is for the best for everyone involved but she's dismal and that that was a a speed bump a real speed bump yeah she did she did recover but yeah that was i do remember that that time um i it is it is funny you bring up like her not being the best singer and i feel like that's part of like what makes her character in this so good is that she's like perfectly okay <laughs> like yeah. she has a good enough voice but it's not like anything where like if you heard it in a bar you'd be like holy shit i gotta sign this person yeah, she's very much like she could land the lead in the school musical, but that yes. doesn't. Yeah. yeah, there's no soul to it. No, no soul to it. 
Um, I think since we have a hard out, we should get into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so last week we watched the amazing epic episode where Marnie's life like falls apart in Panic in Central Park. She ran into her ex Charlie, which we touched on. They spent this whirlwind day together, and then she finds out he's a junkie and walks back home barefoot and um desi and her breakup we start the episode with hannah in the principal's office um where she calls herself the perfect teacher (laughs) which is just so so funny to think that she really thinks that well she's clearly doing something right though because even the principal admits that she is beloved by the kids but that might just be because she acts like a high schooler yeah. yeah well even but the principal like there's multiple scenes where they're talking which like first off what an insane principal's office <laughs> like i have no idea what school this is supposed to be but i do not know a school in new york that has a budget for that definitely a wealthy area i think we yeah. talked about this with one of our former guests like there are schools like this apparently um i guess yeah i mean i guess i only work at schools in brooklyn but and not but you know i i think that um it's interesting that even the principal he seems to have like this this weird soft spot for her mm-hmm. and i it's one of the things in the show where i'm like i can't quite figure that out it's like i'm always teetering on the is he like being towards her yeah but it never gets there which i like but i don't know maybe he like feels a sort certain kind of kinship but yeah he is basically calling her out uh for um disparaging other teachers to the students uh she told the kids that two teachers are hooking up and she says that mr kildall has a phantom centaur butt (laughs) which is um when a guy has an ass that really sticks out to the point where it seems like a whole horse has been cut off him (laughs) it is so descriptive and honestly just that is a writer that is a that is that is someone who exists have described it any better yeah i i think that um and well and also the other thing that that doesn't even get brought up in this meeting is that she takes a student out of school to go get piercings and that just never comes up that's a good point how did that how how does that not come up that is maybe a like I wonder if that got like forgotten. Yeah, I feel potholy. I'm almost willing to forgive all these potholes, though, for all the school plot lines because it truly does defy belief that she would have been fired at this point. Because yeah. some of this, the entire show's best joke writing and like comedic setups come from this school. Like I forgot that she had her like basic instinct like a vagina yes. out moment and oh i have not laughed Same. that hard at this show in a long so, time it's, it's so funny and i mean i watched this episode for the first time recently and then rewatched it today and it, it's it's so funny mm-hmm. yeah i'm for those listening who maybe didn't watch you should watch but um she's bit she's getting in trouble he's not firing her but she I don't remember what she says, but she's like, like, is there anything we can do to like make this go away? And 
reveals that she's not wearing any underwear she's wearing a skirt and you see her entire uh bare pussy and it's it's startling <laughs> i mean it's startling is a strong word but it's like it's my mouth was agape yeah i and it really does beg the question too did she just forget to wear underwear or oh. did she know she had to go in and do that today <laughs> like the latter yeah well based on the conversation that she has with fran after it's like oh okay because i the first time watching i was like oh she she did not realize she wasn't wearing underwear and then the conversation after it's like nope that was 100 percent intentional yeah she said we should be using this tactic to win wars and i can't help that my bush is at full capacity right now <laughs> <laughs> oh god but fran is like obviously pissed and he's like are you damaged like are you that messed up in the head and she she can't get it through her head that as an adult she can't be doing this like very toddler um strategy and i mean she she's also just righteously indignant that she even has to defend herself at all to fran which is just their dynamic but we do get the classic line (laughs) i was not rolling my eyes at you i was looking at a cloud formation that looks like blake lively just oh. one of the show's best lines. I, like, a lot of hits. And then he he looks up and she goes, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Oh, my God. That I forgot it was in this episode, but that is one of the girls' line that's like, girls' lines that's burned so in my head. So good. Um, and, yeah, Fran walks away angrily and she's like, wow, now I'm not supposed to show my vagina to anyone except for you. It's about to be summer, which is great. Another Another classic line so good um her and uh fran go to a theatrical retelling of kitty genevieve is how do you say it kitty genevieve genevieve i think that's how they said it in the show i would i remember learning but what do you remember learning about that drew was that in our like high school curriculum for some reason it was in the a push curriculum um i do remember remember learning about And I don't remember the actual story a ton because, and I don't want to promote inaccuracies on this show, um, Mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure that there is something that has been debunked about this whole story, and I don't know what it is, so I'm not going to say anything else, but I want people to do their own research, uh, do some learning on this front to see. I think I will. I I remember being really fascinated by this story and like, the innocent bystander whatever they go to a like immersive theater horrible play thing about it i don't know if you can call it a play and adam is in it okay um we are going to continue the rest of the episode sans drew um so everyone be cool all right (laughs) we were at uh the theatrical retelling of kitty genovese um jen this is gonna drive me crazy the murder um and adam is in it and they're like going from room to room in this weird uh like i i I can't tell if it's an actual apartment building or if it's a set yeah it is hard to tell because i mean because if it's an actual apartment building those then then where are all those people who live there i see that's what i was thinking but it could be one of those like uh like open studio type yeah Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, Hannah's being like extremely disruptive. Uh, 
the while they're trying to play out like what the neighbors were up to and it is i mean just like such a classic hannah it's yeah it's it's so funny i mean i think that that's like when the character is at her funniest when she's just fully behaving like a child which is what all of them are i mean i mean that's why i feel like that's why the show is called girls because it's like these people are they they are not adults they do not know how to act like adults they only think about themselves they are they they look like adults but they are children yes i mean that is uh yeah that's a good read and i feel like i I did the the thing i never let myself do which is after i finished this episode i just kind of let it run and i kept watching yeah you really start to see that in this season that they're all it's not just hannah they're all different kinds of children but yeah yeah it almost feels like I almost feel like they were more matured in the first couple seasons. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's almost like as they've, cause it feels like they've uh, like in the first season, it's like really a friend group. And then it's sort of like, uh, like as people do in real life, they become more independent and they're not spending as much time together and they all have like their own storylines. And it seems like the more like apart from each other, they are like the more, they don't know how to act like adults and like they're really like yeah like hannah is like this this like uh immature like childish sense of humor like always like talking when she shouldn't be like marnie is i mean they're all like narcissists that's that's the biggest thing Uh, is that they really all like only think about themselves and i love those interactions between hannah and marnie like the one in this episode where mm-hmm. like they oh my god yes whatever is happening to them is like the biggest thing that's ever happened to anyone i mean that is a great that is a great segue um but before we go there yeah. hannah sees jessa so the you hear the the murder happening outside and so all the neighbors look and she sees adam who is one of the actors uh smoking on the fire escape or smoking like outside the window across from jessa who is smoking on the fire escape again not sure if these are real apartments <laughs> at yeah. the point. um and hannah kind of just looks at them looking at each other and knows that they're having sex and there's an, there's a great song playing i i shazammed it it's someday you'll want me to want you by brenda lee and it's just such a perfect mm-hmm. perfect moment i this show really knows how to drop a needle yeah yeah i I love this scene i mean i think that uh one of the things i like about the like adam jessa mm-hmm. romance is that i think that these are like the two best actors on the show and so i think that like especially in this scene you see like how well they're, they're able to show the emotion like looking at jessa's face it's like that looks like somebody who's looking at someone they're in love with yes it, it's it's really like just kind of heartbreaking Mm -hmm. to see it i mean hannah is the way she receives information in this episode is so i mean she doesn't get a lot of credit about how uh i mean just she people talk a lot about how the writing is genius but her acting is also Mm -hmm. yeah and 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 i think that in this episode it's like 
like Jemima Kirk uh, is able to capture like a very like nuanced experience, which is like being in love with somebody and feeling terrible about it. And you see that it on her face at all times. Yeah. Oh my God. Like how she like can't help herself. Like she's so in love with Adam, but she knows how much she's hurting Hannah, who was her best friend. And like, you see it all the time on her face. Like she looks so tortured. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, and as that, as it develops the between the kind of the like love triangle, I was trying to search for that word. Yeah. Developed. It's so God. Wow. Um, That's for a future episode though. That, in this episode we that, see that future episode a little bit like the one before this wow i i totally agree yeah i yeah. as i mentioned just watched it in my uh binge and i'm gonna have to watch it again and i don't even mind yeah i um i love though hannah asking marnie um uh, wait so so she sees marnie and then marnie says something to her like do i deserve all the bad things that are <laughs> happening to me which is <laughs> so funny and so I, I I honestly I saw myself in that I was like I was <laughs> like that but Hannah asks Marnie if Jessa and Adam are fucking and Marnie's like sorry I've been a little busy yelping divorce lawyers to worry about the sex lives of our second tier friends another hilarious line yeah um and then we later see um Ha- Marnie is sitting on one of the set beds like stroking Hannah's hair uh Hannah calls them uh tree hugging clit suckers which is funny <laughs> oh and I love how she also she, at some point she like uses the innocent bystander metaphor for her life which is yes just, her brain these there's another part where uh she she mentions that um kitty genovese might have been a lesbian and she's like do you think that has anything to do with this another woman shunned for not being what society wanted her to be and then ray is like the play is going on she's like wow you're just gonna silence me like every other man (laughs) it's so it's so great how (laughs) it's hilarious i mean it this i i feel like the this season really picks up i mean after the panic in central park like we're kind of it was kind of not duds but kind of a slow moving before but we're really in a great stretch yeah she um we'll, we'll wrap up with hannah before we get into marnie but she runs into adam and jessa um and it's just such a sad kind of recognition between the three of them and you know she starts crying everyone knows it's really a hard moment i think she calls them i missed this but she references it later on she calls them sirs and misses or something i don't know know. doesn't matter but (laughs) fran like tries to talk to her but she's like so sad and stunned and um yeah it's it's that's that's where we leave her but and that that's another great moment of Lena Dunham's acting. Yeah. Where, like, especially the where Fran's like, do you want to be alone? She's like, no, no, I don't want to be alone. Like, it's I I feel like, especially like throughout this entire episode, like uh the way she's acting, and you're like, this 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 person is so childish and annoying 
and like why would anybody want to date her and then in that moment like you just you just feel bad for you see like she just wants somebody to like take care of her which is what Fran is and Mm -hmm. I I still you know I'm trying to figure out what he sees in in her maybe he's a teacher maybe he sees her some guys want to take care yeah I feel like some guy like some guys like a wounded bird or like they do yeah also just like a a quirky little shorty (laughs) yeah um we should move on to Marnie though because her her bit is really funny as well um she is she goes to the immersive retelling and she tells ray that she left desi um and then later while she's stroking hannah's head uh desi shows up and tells marnie that they got a call from alex pizzavas um (laughs) and uh hannah's like who the fuck is that and i I love marnie going pick up a newspaper hannah she does all the music on gray's anatomy not just gray's anatomy (laughs) Yo, see what else is she? I do honestly. She's right. Alex Pitsavis is like a legend. I also think it's funny because it's almost like the show. I don't want to say poking fun at itself, but Girls is also a show that's like really known for its music. Mm-hmm. And I also love Desi goes. It's for a huge scene. Somebody fucking dies. <laughs> oh yeah, who? I they won't tell me, but it's a principal. I think it might be a montage. Oh, it's so funny. I love it. Oh my god. Sorry, one sec. Um and then what's the next? We oh, so they like decide like okay, we have to make this work. Um and then oh god, I it's it's that. He's like we have to make this work and she's like you mean just as a band, right? Uh we we see it does not it does not work out in in anyone's favor. Yeah, but I love um, them singing to each other while Hannah's just like laying face down next to them. Such a such a funny scene. It's great, great physical comedy in just that so scene bad. too. Like Lena Dunham is such a good physical comic. Like she's always yeah. using her body and the funny. I mean, even in the the first scene of this episode. What is the what is the first? Oh yeah, yeah. How could I forget? Yeah, no, she's constantly throughout the whole show. It's amazing. Showing her vagina. Showing her vagina. Um, Elijah. So this is, I think, the last person with a real storyline in this episode. Yeah. But I love that he's starting to kind of, you know, bloom as one of the girls. He's not like a side character. Yeah. Um, he's at this like Lux party with his news anchor boyfriend. I I could not remember his name, but now I'm remembering it. Dill yep. Harcourt. They they say it too, but I was just like I kept forgetting it. Um, but I love um this kind of class commentary that the show does. Um, that I feel like we saw a lot in earlier seasons and now less so, but you kind of see it return here. Like, just with the power imbalance between the two. Like, yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, he has all these rich friends and Elijah's, what does he say? He says, your friends are all, like, really nice and mine are all mean and poor. Yeah. 
Oh, it's so funny. Um, and then Dill says this really interesting line, or not interesting line, but kind of telling, and I thought very good. He says, in my line of work, you're stuck between two polarities, orphans in Haiti and rich meals. It's emotional whiplash, which, oh God, he's so like a guy who likes to hear himself talk. Yeah. So like somebody who would be a, a news anchor and like and and sees what which i think is like a lot of the characters in the show that he sees himself as like a hero in in everyone's life that he's in but he's just he's just a rich guy like it's, this is how he he made his money but he's not like a better person than anyone else yeah and and he definitely has this kind of oh like this this narcissism thing where you know what they say about narcissists like they make you feel like the only person in the room mm-hmm. um and he does that to elijah and right, so he, he knows how to make a guy feel like the only girl yes. in the room. yeah when when he said that i was like oh yeah that's a classic narcissist um and in that moment when he says that to some other guy in line for like food or whatever um he finds out that he's taking other people other men to galas and on dates and um the guy says a lot of people here have stories like that so you know dill is just kind of a you know playboy and elijah's so hurt yeah and then uh and he has has an ex-boyfriend that he keeps downstairs for sometimes sex (laughs) yeah oh my god for sometimes sex that is such a good line I also just thought like, oh God, I don't know. I was, um, I felt, I really appreciated when they made Elijah, Elijah's character stand up for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Elijah's a character you want to see winning while all the other characters you're like, not, I don't, I don't know. You, you have to watch them kind of, fall over and over again that Elijah's a nice kind of he's one of the more likable characters definitely that yeah the show um but yeah I mean the scene where he stands up for himself in the bathroom is really great especially where I don't even remember any of the lines from Dill's response to him because they're so they're so meaningless everything he's saying and then afterwards Dill's like I'm glad we had this talk. I feel so much better. I hope you feel better too. And it's like nothing was resolved or said at all. Yeah. And he's like, and if you don't, you should leave. Like, yeah. Oh, he's like, I'm a busy man with important friends. I don't know. It's just, it's so, it's so rough. Um, So Elijah takes all the like soaps and all the things in the bathroom and he, he leaves. And then of course, in true, like, narcissist fashion this guy comes over to elijah's at night like and wants to hook up and then dill goes to give him head and he falls asleep dill falls asleep yeah which is a great i mean you know it's sort of like he he i don't know i i i'm i'm glad that happened it felt like a good kind of close to the seat like he we didn't have to see elijah stand up for himself again which might have been unrealistic or something does that make sense yeah no i i also i felt like it was a good way for their storyline in this episode 
to end because you also you see in that in that that moment when dill comes over and he's really drunk that initially elijah's like oh no like we shouldn't do this and then as he starts to like go go down go down on him you know he's like "Eh." you kind of see elijah being like well i might i mean some head might might be nice right now and then for him to just fall asleep it's like such a like an anticlimactic moment you know i know and it's exactly what needed to happen i feel characters um i think that's it is there anything else from the episode that i like that you took notes on that i didn't hit on i feel like we hit the big the big points those those are definitely all the big ones um yeah i mean that's it's kind of the whole episode that kind of we kind of did cover it we did it i really loved this episode yeah i i do too i think it's it's really funny um I think that the whole I I love the uh the is it thirty eight neighbors that's that's the the play, um, I love any time that the show has performance art in yes, it. Yes, me too. Um, like the the earlier episode with like Gillian Jacobs character with like her exhibit and any time they have Marnie perform like it's it's so funny the way that they show these actors especially that um oh the scene with the sister characters uh uh caroline uh adam's sister no 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 i'm talking about in this episode they're they're two of the actors in the play oh the yeah when um in the apartment <laughs> yeah and hannah's like i just decided you're a really good dancer yes so funny oh my god i you know just kudos all around i feel like this i didn't remember loving this episode so much and i also didn't remember the episode almost at all so it was yeah i i definitely remembered it but definitely enjoyed it more on the second watch and it's it's an interesting one because it feels like uh almost like like you know an episode that's sort of like split into like three different stories as you know as a lot of them are but um it's interesting to see uh the way that the two stories of of hannah connect you know with the play and her earlier meeting with her boss and i think also like to see um everyone's like relationships in turmoil is like a big part of the episode you know, with with Marnie and Desi and uh, Hannah and Fran and and Adam and uh, Jessa are they're really the only ones who are doing well for now. You yeah. know, yeah. But, um, but it's it's you know, but it's at the expense of their friends. Yeah. Wow. I mean, just the the constant destruction going through this this group of people, this group of pseudo friends yeah um at the end of each episode we we ask a few questions the first of which is which girl are you in this episode so did you see yourself in anyone or in anything like Mm. any anything that someone said that you did the the meme of leonardo dicaprio pointing at the tv i think um I've definitely, I've definitely had situations 
where I think I felt like how Elijah is in this episode. Um, and I think that that's a big similarity between Elijah's relationship with Dill and Hannah's relationship with Fran is that they both like, I think they both see the the other person as as being like superior to them. You know, for, for Dill, it's like, obviously like uh, he's like culturally and like societally and, and financially, he is superior to Elijah. And then for Fran, it's like, he's just a much better person than yeah. Hannah. Like, objectively. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, but I think I've definitely been in, in relationships or situations where I was, you know, dating somebody who I like, I just wanted it to mm -hmm. be a good relationship, but it wasn't. And so like, um, like the way that, you know, Elijah is just kind of being treated like shit by Dill and, and eventually standing up for himself, but not, not fully. I think I've definitely been in, in situations like that before. Yeah, I, I was gonna say Elijah because of similar, similar reasoning, but I also feel myself and Marnie saying what what was the line I said it like a why second. are all these why, why are all these bad things happening to me yeah or or like do I deserve all the bad things that are yes, happening that's what it is that's it yeah no that's that's where I see me I I uh, she just sometimes has these little little zingers that tickle uh, she reminds me of my grandmother that's the kind of thing she would say my grandmother, she's she's 88. She's had cancer four times. Oh. But she puts nothing in perspective. Like she will like if she like gets a hangnail, she'll be like, What this is the worst thing that's ever happened. To you. It's oh, it's God. hilarious. It's that and is... she's 88 and has been through so much in her life. And it's still every little thing that happens to her is the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone. I assume you do a joke about this. I don't, but I should. Good. That is so funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. I think I've maybe maybe I've I've riffed about it on stage, but I don't have anything like regularly in you my do. act about it. I'm I'm telling you right now, yeah. it'll kill. Yeah. Um, the next one is fit check, where we decide whose outfits, whose looks were the most striking for good or bad reason. And my answer is immediately Hannah going commando. I'm sorry uh, if I took yours. What'd you say? I said I'm sorry if I took yours. No, I mean that's definitely that's definitely the one that comes to mind. I feel like like most of Hannah's outfits are memorable for how bad they are. Yes. We and, we definitely realized that. <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing where I'm like how how intentional is this on lena dunham's behalf like because i i feel like that's how she dresses in real life honestly it is we we did an interview with the costume designer um a while ago and it is very intentional okay that's and good <laughs> in just such a such a perfect way like yeah. all these outfits that like don't really make sense and she kind of like she think it, it's very all very mismatched and like i don't know it, all, they are all outfits where i'm like i understand how someone would think yeah. that might look good exactly it's that it's that so yeah far. um i mean yeah that's i i like uh i like desi's whole like 
he's wearing all black and he's got the motorcycle helmet. I'd say, I'd say I, I'll, I'll take that one. Good. We've never had someone say Desi. So this is, this is a powerful answer. One of a kind. Thank you. And then to close the episode, we decide who was the MVP and who is the LVP of the week. Hmm. I, I hadn't thought about this actually. I feel like maybe I'm looking over my notes. Uh, Marnie, where does Marnie leave off? Marnie maybe is the MVP here. She's kind of getting what she wants because she she's not in a relationship with Desi. She right. does not. She's not agreeing to that. But she but does she's get. Getting, she's getting a career break. Yeah. yeah. I think the LVP is Desi. Yeah, maybe the LVP. But the LVP is always Desi. I feel like this yeah. week the LVP might be Hannah. She's Hannah, really taking beating after beating. She is, but I I would say like at the end of the episode, like she still has Fran, and she still has her job, which are two things that she really does not deserve. Like everything that they've gone over, like everything in the meeting with the principal, those are all fireable offenses. Everything in her fight with Fran, those are all things where it's like, yeah, tell anyone about that. They'll be like, yeah, you should break up with her. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she, yeah, she's baffling week after week. She's, it's almost like a, um, like, uh, like a Forrest Gump kind of thing (laughs) where like she keeps on like falling into these good situations. Yeah. She's failing up a little, but not yeah. really. She's failing sideways. Not, not really, but that's what's interesting is that it's almost like she keeps on getting knocked down, but still like failing upward at the same time. In a way, I feel like she she's getting by, you know. Yeah. And that's what, I guess that's what it even out evens out to. That's what I think. Yeah, it's not up. It's not t- totally down. Um. Yeah, I. I, yeah, I'm comfortable with calling Desi the loser, though. Yeah, Desi's always a loser. Yeah, I yeah, I think that um, I guess Adam would be the other, the other MVP. I Is- I think, I think that I mean, to as I'm saying this from pretending I haven't seen the rest of the show, I think that if I'm just basing it on where he is at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, He's, you know, he's doing well. He's acting. He's in a relationship with Jessa that, from his perspective, is all good because he doesn't care about not being friends with any of them anymore. And he really doesn't care about Hannah. No. And I don't know if that's totally true. I don't think that's totally true. I think that, but I think that from what we see in this episode, it it would make sense that he would be happier with Jessa than with Hannah. And it would make sense that he, he's he's burying a lot of the Hannah feelings. Um, yeah, they definitely come up later. But as from what we see right now, he seems to be over her. Yeah, definitely. That that's a that's a good read too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and maybe honestly, maybe Jess is a loser too. I think I think so. She's. Oh God. Just the way I already said this, but the the way that it develops between the three of them is so 
just it's so painful yeah and it's so like it really is so such powerful storytelling not to say uh the most meaningless string of words but it is it is and it and it's one of the more real feeling things in the show Mm -hmm. i think especially seeing the like what it does to jessa yeah i think is really powerful completely and especially because like her and adam are both addicts and now Mm -hmm. they're both like they're both clean but but clearly like now they're they're using like this relationship as like a way to to it's their new addiction really completely yeah the addict part of it is really yeah in an important detail yeah adam this was so much fun thank you thanks thanks for having me i had a great time if you want to be found on social media where can people find you uh, you can follow me on Instagram at amitrani, that's A-M-I-T-R-A-N-I, and then on TikTok and Twitter at amitrani717. Amazing. How How's TikTok going? It's, you know, it's it's okay. I um I don't have a lot of followers, but it's, it's weird. I don't understand the algorithm because, like, I have a lot more followers on Instagram, but sometimes I'll get more views on TikTok randomly, where, like, Instagram, I'm like, all right, I know, I know, like everything's gonna come out to like some videos I have more or less, but everything's gonna be about the same range of like a few thousand views. Where like TikTok, it's like one thing could be like two hundred views, and then the next video will be like like ten thousand, and like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it really doesn't, and that's how they get you because they yeah. want you to like play play it like a slot machine and just keep. Yeah, it it really is um yeah it really is where like every other I guess not every other because I really only like use Instagram in a way of like hoping to like gain some sort of traction but Instagram is definitely like you have followers the more followers you have the more views you're gonna get and then TikTok's like who the fuck knows well now you're gonna have a gazillion followers because everyone who's listening We'll follow you. Everyone follow Adam. He's very funny. And follow him on TikTok. So the algorithm's nice to him. Thank you. Bye, uh, everyone. Unless you have any parting words. Uh it when does this episode come out? Um, when does this come out? Oh, maybe tomorrow tomorrow. Okay. Uh I have a monthly show at Brooklyn Comedy Collective called Adam Matrani Presents My Friend Carlos Sings Opera. Uh, it's the second Friday of every month. The next one is Friday, September 8th. Uh, tickets are in the link of all my bios. Come through. We got a, It's going to be a great show. We got Joe Firestone and a great lineup of other comedians. So come out to that. And everyone has just enough time to get tickets. That's like a week from tomorrow. Yeah. Amazing. Everyone get tickets. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.